This episode of the Do North Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Sportsman's Guide, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, and by Aquarius Home Services, your authorized Connecticut dealer. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Do North Outdoors podcast. I'm Natalie Dillon, joined by my co-host Travis Frank. And it is a chilly day here in Minnesota. You must just be so warm inside. A little bit. I, you know, I got a nice jacket. I'm used yeah. to the cold at this point. I think this is our coldest day, though. What, are we at like one degree right now? I was eight below when I came in this morning. I um, think it might break zero. But the, the extended forecast does not look good <laughs> or looks good, depending on how... Depending. Depending. Because we're making we just, ice. Yeah, we're we'll making ice. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It can be good after the big storm last week, uh, a lot of lakes slushed up. But then when, when that happens, actually, when there's not much ice, it's kind of a blessing sometimes to get the heavy snow right away. Because then all that weight pushes down, and then any cracks that allow mm-hmm. water up, it soaks up the snow, that turns to slush, that freezes, and now you don't have 10 inches of snow on top, you have a bunch of slush that freezes into ice, and pretty soon, you're driving out there, and you're pulling mm-hmm. your wheelhouse, and everyone's happy, and they forget about the storm. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's why... You've seen this before. I've seen it before, and I have like five buddies, Daisy down. I have like five <laughs> buddies that every time a storm comes, they're just like Debbie Downers. Like mm-hmm. it's the end of ice season. We're never going to get out. And I'm like, dude, just relax. It's going to freeze as slush and you're not even going to know it was there in a couple of weeks. It's all good. And now that it's this cold for a couple of days, people will be driving on lakes by Christmas would be my guess. Yeah. Well, uh, Travis and I clearly love all four seasons and we're joined by somebody today that also is an outdoor extraordinaire, mom, Minnesotan. <laughs> Many other things. Jenny Anderson, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I love all four seasons. And actually, I saw people driving on Mille Lacs this Did past you really? weekend. Yes. Driving trucks? Trucks and ice castles, fish houses on the South Bay. So wow. they're doing it. Were <laughs> you out fishing? I was, but I wasn't going to be that person just yet. But now yeah. that I've seen them, I might be Did that person. Did you walk person. out? Uh, no, we uh, ATV'd out. Okay. Because I always, like, I'll be driving out, you know, and there'll be people walking. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, what are they thinking with all these vehicles driving mm-hmm. past them as they're walking a mile out I onto know. the lake? Yeah. Like, okay, can I just ride with I you? I know, exactly. <laughs> That's what I like. Room for up. one more. Pick me up. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jenny, have you been out fishing much this year? Actually, we... On this last episode of the podcast, we mentioned our our Red Lake oh, yeah. trip that oh, boy. kind of was. You guys it. hammered them, huh? <laughs> we hammered oh, yeah. them. Yeah. Multiple, like, I mean, like four perch. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I saw some perch were caught. You know, it was fun, though. Yeah. It was great to see you and, like, all the girls. And we really don't have, like, other reasons to get together mm-hmm. other than let's go ice fishing and you know because what I, other reason I, do you need everyone's exactly. from everywhere so to get them all together we need like that ice fishing reason so yeah. it was still fun yeah weather was horrible <laughs> it was bad it was super windy super cold but yeah always a good time and, and this is jenny and i's relationship is one that we you know talked about on the last podcast and one of many that we both have where we are you know women who like the outdoors and who connected on social media years ago and have now been to different events together and have just started, you know, fishing together. We were meaning to hunt together and do other things, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, you two were going to hunt last week, right? 
Yeah, and it was a bad weather day. <laughs> I we know. Have good timing when it We're comes to We're gonna try weather. to do grouse hunting, and yeah. apparently it's really great when it's snowy because it all clustered clustered together the grouse. Mm-hmm. So it can be fun when you like see them because there's a bunch of them. We gotta do it again. So we'll do that sometime. But yeah, I mean, I love social media because of that reason. Like we've met, mm-hmm. I've met so many people through it and it's like a love-hate relationships Mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like I just need a break from this horrible Mm -hmm. social media world and then there are other times when it's such a blessing and yeah I've made so many connections for those that might not know what is your social media account and then how did it get started yeah it's girl of 10,000 lakes and I mean I, I didn't grow up outdoorsy similar to you right Natalie so like my parents we came here when I was three from South Korea so literally just tried to get used to learning English and you know making a new home and learning a new country and the ways of life here and just the outdoorsy stuff was not a priority um like barely like went to state parks or any of those things until like later on and then eventually like you know did a little bit of camping but barely touched on it and went to college in western Wisconsin in Eau Claire, UW-Eau Claire, where it's like a whole new world of like literally everyone, (laughs) everyone after school, after Mm -hmm. classes that are hunting or fishing or something. Were you totally surprised by it? Yeah, Yeah. it was a whole new, it was a culture shock, like because I grew up in the Twin Cities, it just wasn't something I was used to seeing a lot. Um, But then I studied broadcast journalism, ended up working at the TV station in Eau Claire, WEAU, where I did some of the outdoor beat stuff. So like I'd be driving on the ice and not knocking on fish houses and like asking the questions like, what are you doing out here? <laughs> what, what, you know, asking about like ice safety and like uh, what they're catching. And so I kind of learned a little bit through just the Q and A portion of reporting. And then eventually with my husband who was um, really into outdoor things and he kind of showed me the way, took me on a, a date on one of the lakes out there in Eau Claire and we caught a walleye on a tip up and he let me let, you know pull the line in and it was memorable I was like dang I'm good at this, this is I bet fun. that was just like the best day of his life yeah when I know. you pull that She's fish actually, in. yeah because there's a lot of pressure to one catch a fish I'm always trying to get people like my wife too or my kids you know to experience these things and then it's like, oh, I just want a wallet to take it, please. And then I want them to be able to like pull it in. And when they do, the satisfaction on my end is just way higher than it probably is on their end. So I'm, I can relate to your husband yeah, there. So true. Yeah. And he said that lake was not that great. So like the fact that we pulled in a 28-inch walleye was Oh, like, it was a big yeah, one, too. Yeah, big wow. one. It was very memorable. So and that was your first ice fishing experience? It was. It really set the bar high. Because after that, I was like, oh, okay, this... Yeah. That, that wasn't normal. Yeah. yeah. So how long ago is this? How many uh, years roughly are we 10 talking? 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. And was it no turning back for you? Did you know like at that point that the outdoors was going to become the, you know, part of your life than it is now? I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I didn't take off and running with it right away. But um, I think I felt like I was missing out on something. And I was really curious to discover what the rest of this is about. So I mean, that turned into buying our first auger and like buying our first Vexlar and all the all the gear, which also opened doors to trying out open water fishing and then camping in the boundary waters and then hunting for the first time, bow hunting and deer hunting. So it really skyrocketed from um, 10 years ago, not knowing anything about the outdoor world. And then today, fast forward, we're, you know, we're 
we're really invested in teaching our kids about yeah. hunting and fishing and conservation and camping and all of that That's stuff. That's super cool. I bet you could never have imagined that when you growing up, you know, to what you're doing now. No. Um, so I have four kids and my wife and I, like, we make the outdoors just normal. The outdoor lifestyle, we just try to make it normal. That's how, I guess, we try to explain it. Everything from when we go hunting to cleaning the birds or the deer or whatever it might be to making our own meat, and they're a part of it. And that's just become our normal. We don't think we don't think twice of it, you know. Um, so that's awesome. then when when we share these experiences with other people, it sometimes is a reminder to us too, like, whoa, maybe that child has never, mm-hmm. you know, had that adrenaline rush to see a deer walking mm-hmm. up or a pheasant flushing or a grouse or things like that. So um, it's it's like a lifestyle that I know and grew up in. So it's it's just so normal to me. But when I hear stories like your, both of your stories, I'm always just like, that's really cool. You know, you're seeing things in a way that a lot of people don't see. Yeah, We're like kids out there, but in our yeah. 20s or when we totally. were, you know, being introduced to it. Yeah. Um, and Jenny, I know you're really close to your family, um, like your, your parents and stuff. Yeah. Have they gotten into the outdoors like you have or do you, do you try to kind of... <laughs> teach them or anything? I mean, so it's no secret to them, you know, that I love it, Mm -hmm. but they were, they were shocked when I first showed them a picture of me holding a fish on the middle of a lake, frozen lake. And they thought like, who are you? What have you done to our (laughs) daughter? (laughs) But, um, they, they've since come around and they've wanted to be a part of it. They've bought their first camper, actually a couple of campers since then. And, um, my dad has gone ice fishing with us a few times and, they actually recently purchased some land on Malax, so they're building a cabin. They're really wow. <laughs> getting into it now. So now we get to like have our fish house there, right? You know, on their property and be able to just tow it out from their place. So that's pretty amazing. So we're we're all into it. I think um, they love the more like chill, relaxed version of the outdoors. Like they love going on boat rides and going to the cabin and um, fishing off the dock and like eating the fish and just relaxing and enjoying mm-hmm. a bonfire, you know, um, and watching the kids for us when we want to do things that might be safer for just Nick and I to go, or if we know the kids won't be able to last out on the water for the 10 hours that we actually want to fish, then we'll drop them off and it's worked out really great. So you 10 years ago, got this introduction into the outdoors. What are you doing today in the outdoor world? How would you describe it to somebody that says, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, It's really evolved because, you know, it was when I first got into ice fishing, it was just my husband and I, we were so passionate. Literally, we could go every day, every, every weekend and nothing was going to stop us. But now that we have kids, things have changed. As you know, you know, your life is not your own anymore, which is totally fine. It's different, but it's more rewarding. Um, So we have tailored it more to them. We want them to know that this is, like you said, a normal part of life. So we let them tag along and we make sure that they are used to being out in the cold and knowing how to wear the right base layers and bundle up and trying to keep them comfortable as possible by making sure the fish house is warmed up before we take them in there and um, things like that. We just want them to have a positive experience through it all. So right now the outdoor stuff is looking more slowly, slow paced, going at a child's speed, but also trying to enjoy it with them. 
Um, so we're like, you know, when we're ice camping, for instance, uh, we make sure we bring lots of board games and uh, movies and um, snacks, so many snacks and books and backpacks full of their favorite toys. And it doesn't look a lot like hardcore ice fishing anymore. It looks like we're trying to do ice fishing with a three-year-old and a one-year-old in tow. Um, a, a guy I was interviewing once, his name is Roy Leva, and he's really um, passionate about getting kids, you know, introduced into fishing in the outdoors. And something that he always says is, you know, you got to make it fun for them. And if you bring a kid fishing, for example, for the first time, and they want to sit on the bank of the river and throw rocks into the water, you let them sit on the bank of the river and let them throw <laughs> mm-hmm. ro- rocks. And whatever it is that they want to do, you know, when, when they're out there, they're mm-hmm. still, you know, seeing you do it. They're around it. They're, they're you know, you're, you are laying that groundwork for them to potentially embrace it in the future when they're ready for it. But just mm-hmm. getting them out there, letting them have fun. We talk about making them comfortable. That's going to set them up to want to keep coming back. And exactly. then once they do that they may find that interest within themselves. Yeah, I mean, skipping rocks for my son, it's bringing all of his bulldozers and dump trucks mm-hmm. and digging in the snow like outside of our fish house. Like he will do that for hours and he's happy as a clam. He doesn't care if it's freezing out. He just wants to be able to play with his trucks and then he'll come in and warm up and catch a fish with us. But you gotta you know, figure out a way to make them last outside and just be used to that, um, that atmosphere. You've written books on this now, right? I've written one, yes. Uh, it's called One, Two, Three Ice Fishing. Very cool. How did that start, and uh, what did you learn in that process? Yeah, I mean, I wrote it because uh, my son, you know, he was pretty young at the time. He was like one, and we were trying to figure out a way to teach him about ice fishing after the season had already ended. So he had gone a handful of times with us, but I wanted a way to just, like, sit down and talk more about the gear, um, and I was looking for a book, There was nothing out there. There were a couple of more, like, some books that touched on ice fishing, but not really about the the terminology or, like, how ice fishing works or how to do it. So it was, I think, March of 2020, so, like, peak pandemic. Like, everyone was locked down, and I was like, ah, I need something to do with my life and looking for a creative venue of some kind, and I knew I wanted to write this book. So we were on a walk because I was, like, all we could do for social distancing was go on walks. And I wrote it on my iPhone in my notes. And I was like, oh, I think, I think this rhymes. And it's, mm-hmm. it sounds, it makes sense to me. And like, I can picture the illustrations about like mom and her son going ice fishing for a day. And thankfully my sister is an illustrator. So we worked together. And once I got cool. the words down, she illustrated it for me. And um, she's an awesome, talented person. She's getting her master's in um, like illustration business right now. So uh, then yeah, we put it together. I had some outdoor writers review it and make sure everything was accurate as far as like how the gear works. And you know, you never know, like if I'm portraying a fish the wrong way, like for instance, like the first fish I had showing on a tip up was a bass, which isn't very common that you would catch a bass through the ice. I've done it on a tip up Mm -hmm. before, but more often than not, it's walleye or Northern Northern Pike, Pike, yeah. yeah. So we changed it up to a pike instead, or no, Mm -hmm. to a walleye. So things like that. We corrected and then eventually let it out. And it's a lift the flat board book, which is even more fun for kids ages, you know, zero to six who are still learning about the terminology of ice fishing. And so, yeah, you see the lures and you see the tip up and the auger and what's on your sled, some hot cocoa. And then at the end, there's a fish fry. So you get to see how, you know, it turns into food and you can lift up the the pan cover and there's like a delicious fish fry in there. It is a super great book. 
I have a copy. <laughs> um, are there, I know it's been very successful too. Are you thinking about doing some other books in the future? I mean, it's in the works. It's in my head. Mm -hmm. I have it all written out, um, just like the on process. On your iPhone or in your head? <laughs> uh, in, in Google Docs. Okay. <laughs> Moving up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making it more official. Uh, I am working on one, two, three camping and then one, two, three open water fishing. Very cool. Yeah. As far as um, like the social media world that you live in too, you're very active in it and portraying the lifestyle that we're talking about right now. Um, is there a mission behind that or a reason that you want to show people your outside world with your family? Yeah, I mean, when I first started it, like, just like the first picture, I really wasn't that um, familiar with the outdoor world still. But I was getting into it and um, we, I had already been taking photos and video because that's what I was passionate about. Photography, videography, broadcasting, storytelling. So I already had these tools up my sleeve and then we were doing all these things and I was discovering it, you know, firsthand how to fish and how to camp. And so I started taking pictures and realized that there are other people out there like me who have no idea what, how to navigate this world, who had never held a rod before or even had the opportunity to, to hold a rod. Um, and not that my parents, you know, didn't want me to do those things. They just didn't know. And my, my husband, thankfully, did know. And you always kind of need that one person who's willing to slow down and stop and show you the ropes, right, to introduce you firsthand how to do it. So that was him for me. And I just want this, you know, world of social media, it's a place where you can reach out and talk to anyone. And so I, when people reach out through DMs or a comment or have questions, that's a great way for me to introduce, you know, what I know with them and hopefully inspire them to hold a rod for the first time or go to the Boundary Waters for the first time or take their kids out doing these things that they thought was impossible. Or maybe they didn't grow up doing it, but they want their kids to at least have the opportunity to try these things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's to, to inspire. Yeah. I bet you've received a lot of inspirational messages in return. Yeah. Are there I any so. that stand out to you since you've been doing this for people that have reached out to you and thank you for leading them outside? Uh, I mean, yes, there are so many good stories out there. And just the, f the couple that I do remember... Um, you know, there's a mom, uh, a single mom who wanted to take her kids out fishing and didn't want didn't want to invest in all these, you know, tools, this new gear, ice fishing gear, a float suit, all, all the things that she thought she needed. And so we like I we took a moment just to like break it down. You know, you really don't need the top top gear um, if you're worried about ice safety. You know, you could you could wear a life jacket. You know, it looks silly, but just put your jacket over it and no one will even know. So we just went through step by step, like what she might need for her kid to go ice fishing. And we found like an event that was happening that included all the free gear and they ended up going and they loved it. They caught a bunch of fish and it was like her doing it herself with her son. So that was like, Super oh my gosh, cool. that is amazing that you even thought to do that with your kid. You did it all by yourself when you had not been familiar with um, this ice fishing world and and yeah, she did it. They loved it. And now I th I'm pretty sure she said they bought their first rod. So this is something that Jenny and I have talked about before. But, you know, you mentioned earlier the social media world that it has its pros and cons. You know, it has things that are really great about it and its drawbacks. And, you know, it, it can sometimes feel like, you know, a little bit of a circus or a rat race. And there's times that I think every creator 
gets to the point that it's like, what is this all for? Am I really reaching, you know, right. the people that I want to reach and the frustrations that come along with it? It's like, is this worth it? And I feel like in my experience, and I think it's been the same for you. It's like, anytime I kind of, I'm getting to that point, like, is this worth it? That's when the letter comes in the mail mm-hmm. or you run into somebody on the street that their kid is with them and is so excited to show you a picture of a fish that they caught because, you know, they saw something, you know, for a video that I posted on YouTube or mm-hmm. a post that you shared. And those little moments where it's like a kid or a young woman or somebody else sends a letter, sends the message, mm-hmm. you see them in person. To me, that's always come right when I've been like, eh, am I reaching anybody? And, you know, it's beautiful. There's, of course, everyone has to find balance, especially with kids. I think it's very important that we help them find balance with screen time and, you know, mm-hmm. being off of screens. But, and I think we'll all continue to figure out how it can work better for all of us in society. But it is really cool, you know, what, what you do um, and the, the community that we have. And I think it's, it's just yeah. spreading these great things to more people. Agreed. It makes it all worth it. I mean, there's a lot of chaos out there mm-hmm. and negative comments and people. There's hate. There is. There what is. would be an example of a con? You say there's pros and cons to it. What's an example of a con in your world that you guys have seen in the social media world? For me personally, the biggest con is screen time. So it's just like, for me, it's like, I, I sometimes feel myself like falling behind on like text messages and emails and stuff because it's like, you know, we spend so much time in, in what we do. Yes. We're trying to share, you know, different aspects of life. Mine's a little bit broader, but you know, outdoors and things, but just the amount of time personally that we spend on screens, trying to create this content to encourage people to get off their screens, you know, so that's <laughs> a drawback. Yeah. And then I think, yeah, uh, unsolicited feedback from people is something that I struggled with years ago, like, especially when I started YouTube, it took a lot to kind of gain that thick skin and be able to handle that. I feel like I see it less now. I don't know if that's a thing or if that's just my experience, but, um, that's something, I don't know. What would you say? I think you're right. I do see it a little less and it might be because the, there are more people that are like pro fishing and pro outdoor world that are willing to back you up or, you know, it kind of overshadows the Mm -hmm. negative. Um, I agree with the screen time thing as well. It takes me, you know, I'm like, I'm out shooting content for work related things and also trying to fish with my kids because they're along for the ride and I can't go on these trips without Mm -hmm. my kids because I'm a parent and I can't always find babysitters. Mm -hmm. So like trying to give them quality time outdoors and get them the experience they need while I'm also trying to fulfill my obligations has been tough to, you know, balance, but that's a huge one. And that was for me too. Like doing these things that we love, but needing to record them. Hmm. I mean, it can definitely, Mm -hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. I don't record things like you guys do and share them as much as you guys do. I do find myself though, like one of my kids has a big fish and now I'm like trying to grab my phone, like to capture. And then I've afterwards I think, what's my like, goal here sometimes I wonder if I need to put that thing away even though I want to capture it or take a picture like just being present in the moment with them like what's more important Mm -hmm. for that moment to all be together hugging it out or (laughs) celebrating together or like getting it shared I mean they now they're looking at the camera like let's see the picture and part of me wonders like hmm do I need to put that thing down? Mm-hmm. I, I wonder what will happen as our generations change. I mean, right now there's so much content, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, and you two ladies do an amazing job of sharing the the beautiful side of it and inspiring people. Um, so I totally encourage you guys there. It's, it's just like 
as a dad mm-hmm. in that same um, outdoor space trying to enjoy it, I wonder what our kids are going to think someday. <laughs> like, do they have to have a picture of every fish that comes up the hole or that they yeah. net or every shot they take in the field? Do we have to then instantly, like the first thing that happens is we grab our phone to, yeah. to document that. I know when I went with my grandpa, he would be like, what? In the world yeah. are we doing yeah. here? Like you know? we see it. We don't need to take a picture of it. We yes, all see it. Like, exactly. Like dip it back yeah. to the water, Grandpa, and then raise it back up. Like yeah. this. <laughs> He's like, what do yeah. you mean dip it back in the well, water? That's good so, eating fish. We're going to put that in the net yeah. or in the basket. So I feel like I'm pretty old school. Like I'm pretty technology averse. So people are always surprised when they find out that I do like creation as part of my work. But I feel like what's helped me. So if any other like creators are listening, like if we're out, you know, we're getting content, you know, for a video or for a brand or something like that. But let's say it's a a day of fishing or a day of camping or hiking, whatever. Um, I like to kind of try to get everything done at the beginning. So it's like we get, and we've done that together, Jenny and I, where we try to get, you know, a bunch of pictures and things at the beginning. And then it's like, all right, we can put our phones away. We can just enjoy. And if something really, really great, if a 28 inch walleye comes along or something, (laughs) sure, we'll grab it. But I like to like get things done and then just really try to make a point to like put the phone away, put the cameras away and just enjoy for a little bit. And I think if you can do that with your family, that's good too. The holiday season is upon us and I have a gift idea for you that might just be the greatest gift you can give a loved one, especially a mentor in your life or a young child. I'm talking about a lifetime hunting or fishing license. Heck, you can even get them both. That's what my wife and I did for our two boys. We saved up and got them each a lifetime sportsman's license when they were five and six years old. Just last week, my entire family pitched in to get our nephew a lifetime sportsman's license for Christmas. It's the gift that keeps giving for the rest of their life. If they move out of Minnesota, that's okay. Their license is always valid when they come back. If license prices go up, that's okay. Their license is already purchased. When I say forever, I mean forever. And just think about all of the memories they'll be making on the water, in the fields, and in the woods. The process to obtain this license is very simple. Just head to the Minnesota DNR website and search for lifetime licenses. You'll see all of the licenses available and the information needed to order them. This year, instead of purchasing a gift that will go out of style or get tossed in the dumpster, get your loved one a gift that lasts forever. Share the outdoor passion this holiday season. One day, they might just tell you it's the greatest gift they've ever received. It's cold outside, like really cold. Right now it's minus four degrees and the extended forecast, it does not look much better. More cold, at least here in Minnesota. Now is not the time to be stuck without heat. Last week I had a service tech come out from Aquarius Home Services for a regular furnace tune-up just to make sure that I'm set for the long winter. Well, Unfortunately, I found out that the furnace in my home was about to go out. Ugh. I was in the room with the service tech, and he explained to me everything that was going on with my furnace and why. He also answered all of my questions, which was very helpful for myself and my wife. Now we know what we need to do to keep our heat on this winter, and that's a big relief. Aquarius Home Services provide a five-star furnace tune-up that I promise is well worth your time. They can evaluate your entire heating system, review results, and happily answer your questions. Their goal is to keep your home warm this winter season. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. 
This episode of Due North Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Sportsman's Guide. For everything you need to enjoy the fun, freedom, and traditions of the outdoors, you got to check out sportsmansguide.com. From hunting and fishing to camping, hiking, and just hanging around a bonfire in the backyard, you'll find it all at Sportsman's Guide. Tree stands, blinds, rods and reels, ATV accessories, and so much more. Clothing and footwear, too, from top-notch brands like Scentlock, Nomad, Mountain Hardware, Irish Setter, Danner, Ah, the list just keeps on going. Plus, a full line of firearms, ammo, and accessories. The bottom line, if it happens outdoors, you'll find it at Sportsman's Guide. Shop today at sportsmansguide.com and use the code DUNORTH for $20 off your first order. That's DUNORTH, all one word, for $20 off your first order. So a question that I've received over the years, you know, and this is more so on the television side before getting into podcasting and everything else, it's like people that love the outdoors, they, a dream would be to make a career out of it somehow. And then they ask like, what would you recommend or how do you get to the role that you're in today or things like that? People always want to know how to find their own niche in the outdoor world, you know, and now with social media, it's never been more accessible for somebody to create their own brand, I guess. I mean, you ladies have both created your own brand through social media. What advice do you have for somebody that's listening that asks, how do I do that for my own? Like, I love the outdoors. I love to fish. I could do that, you know, but I don't know how to start. Where to start? What, what advice do you have? So is the goal to monetize and like make a job out of it? Or are you? I think most people would like to make a job out of it if they're being honest. They want to make money at it. They want to. What they always say is, "I'd love to go hunting and fishing for a living." And then I I do the time outside and I say, "Okay, so I'm a television producer and now podcast uh, podcaster as well. So I produce shows about hunting and fishing. I'm not getting paid to go hunting and fishing. You know, like there's a lot of work that's happening in the office in our studio here to produce the content about what we love to do so it's not you know when people say you get paid to go hunting or fishing i'm like well not not exactly and it changes the dynamic a little bit but most people if they're being honest they'd say i'd love to get paid to go hunting and fishing so with that in mind, yeah. <laughs> then what's your advice? I mean, everyone wants to be. You talk to any kid. They want to be a YouTube star. They want to forget. When did that happen, by the way? I don't five, know. Within the last five years. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's it, there are some people who can get into that niche and become a YouTube star, I guess, and have an income coming in that's steady. Um, but not, you know, not everyone can do it. There's a lot of content out there and to be able to stand out and start from square one, that's, that's a tough road to go through. Um, but I would say if that is your dream, just start doing it. You got to start recording the videos. Um, it really does take away from the enjoyment of the activity. I will say that because your priority suddenly shifts to getting the right shots and getting the right, you know, angles and video and slowing things down and having to be out in the elements when you're instead camp- of getting the net you're getting your phone yes you know and you have instead a chance of, of losing that there. fish yeah. yeah exactly so your priorities kind of need to shift um from enjoying that activity to just getting the content and that i feel like it does take the beauty out of out of loving the sport um but if it is your passion yeah you can definitely monetize it and for me when when someone reaches out about like how do i grow my social media to be able to get paid um 
brands are willing to pay if you ask them. Like most people think, well, they're offering me gear and gear, you know, they only want free, you know, trade. And my thing is, you don't have to do that. You can always ask them, can I get paid $10? What do you know? Start low. You got to start somewhere. If you don't have a big following, start low and see what they're willing to meet you at. So promise them a quality post that displays their product and shows it being genuinely used. And you can give them a genuine review in your caption and um, show them that you can, you can showcase that thing in a professional manner and you'll suddenly start growing your resume and then people are willing to pay you a little bit more and more. And then you can, you can come with a rate sheet where you can say, okay, for a reel, I'll charge this much or for a blog post, I'll charge this much. Or I'll even do like a promo video for your page that you can use for this much. And that might be even more money. So I don't know, just think about your skill set, what you're able to do, know that your time is worth money. It's mm -hmm. not just worth product and put yourself out there. Um, I think that's, that's been my thing. Yeah. Something to go back to your original question. I, you know, echo everything that Jenny said, but about, you know, advice for people looking to get into that as their career. And for sure, I can attest to the fact it's not like a pretty thing to talk about, but the, the recording of the activities taking away from it. And that's, the biggest reason why I did stop making YouTube videos was like, I want to do this for fun again. Um, but I do want to like taking it even a step back farther. I think something that would be helpful for people. And I always recommend to people that are getting into, well, any career, but definitely content creation too, is to know why you're doing it. These, you know, if you want to be a YouTube star or a social media star, I mean, it's starting with the why, you know, we've all heard of that. Start with the why everything from like writing out mission. What, what's your mission? What are your values? What do you want to stick to? And actually getting on that on paper. Cause it's really easy to start getting pulled in a direction that you don't, you never foresaw yourself going in sure. on social media. But also I think it's kind of a deep thing, but like we can have a tendency to be really, you know, self-centered we humans. And I think when we go into things saying, I want to be a, a, a star, mm -hmm. I think that's the wrong approach. And I think to actually be more successful, it's how, what do you have to give? How can you serve? Not what's going to make this video blow up and make me famous, but what, you know, can I share with people that's going to benefit them? Yeah. And you go in it with that focus. And not only are you going to be doing work that's hopefully going to matter, Amen. but you're also going to grow. Amen. And that is why you'd be successful. Mm -hmm. That's what I try to explain to people. I was it. clapping there because that's exactly it. People want to be a star. And if you want to be a star, everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. Everybody can see that you're trying to do it and it comes through. If you're genuine and you're just being yourself, then people can associate with that. Mm -hmm. Then they want to be a part of that. Then they like it, you know, mm -hmm. literally and physically like it by tapping the like yeah. button or whatever. But there's so many people that they see... Let's say you two ladies very successful at this, and they are basically trying to copy what you're doing. This is how Natalie would do it, so this is what I want to do to try to be something similar. And you can see when somebody is not being themselves on there. Mm -hmm. So I, my advice, and I was going to add this, my advice is to always, I tell people this, just be yourself and do what you love. And yes, your advice to what can you give 
is way better because that's how somebody will be successful in it. I didn't know we were going to go this yeah. way with this conversation, but uh, yeah, it's, we, it's a, we lured Jenny here under false <laughs> pretenses. <laughs> we well, were going to talk about no. winter camping and <laughs> we're talking about all sorts of things. There was one other thing I wanted to add to this. Oh, and if somebody's out there right now listening who like is a content creator, whatever, in your job, if you do find yourself drifting and you're like, oh, shoot, yeah. I have the wrong focus right now. Reset. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. I always say come back to your manifesto. And like I have one physically written out like in my office that says I'm doing this to inspire others to get outdoors no matter where they are in their life and no matter their experience level or their abilities. So like anytime I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like drowning in projects and why am I doing this? I look at that and I'm like, okay. That's, that's why I'm doing this. And that helps me, yeah, exactly, recenter and realize why this is worth it. Deep yeah. thoughts today. Wow, yeah. we're really cutting in here. <laughs> I already, we got to have multiple episodes with this group right here, I think, because oh, yeah. it's coming up. Um, we could we could read some of the negative feedback so yeah, then we could yeah. build each other up. I got I got one the other day from a viewer that said that it was sent. I, I actually, I... I should go back and read it because I like to read these on air every once in a while, the <laughs> negatives. Yeah. Because oh, it, they're great. Yeah. It's like it came to my email box. It was sent to the show, mm-hmm. but the show email box directs directly uh-huh. to me. <laughs> and it was basically saying you should find a new host for the oh, show. Oh, no. <laughs> and, like, like, and I replied, I'm working on this and this and like directly yeah. replied. And I'm sure that had to be like. Holy crap. He got it. Yeah, and replied, yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> what were you, what would you think sending yeah. a message about somebody to like, I've never in my life yeah. thought I need, I so inspired to send a message, a negative <laughs> message to you oh, telling you why you should do yeah. this or that. But like people do it. You yeah. have a lot of time. I take and those as inspiration. Exactly. I always read, I always write back. Fortunately, it's, you know, way more positives, you know, what's that? I don't always write back. You but. don't? I, I do. I thank them for their opinion. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's fine. I've got until I've learned that it takes very thick skin if you're going to put yourself out there. Um, and so I just use them as, as a way to get better and, yeah. and stronger. And I do laugh at some of it too, because you got to laugh yeah. every once in a while. Way too, life is way too... What would somebody say? Life, Life is way too important to be taken seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. There you go. Travis Frank. <laughs> 2022. Um, and something along that too, like I think that it's easy to say, you know, ignore the hate, ignore the hate. And I think, yeah, and many times do ignore it. And by hate, I mean any negative, even, you know, constructive criticism, whatever. But I think that, yeah, there are things that can learn. And I can say from like YouTube time, the only comments that ever hurt were the ones that I was like, oh, there's a shred of truth there. So how am I going to use this to improve myself? Totally. And the other ones are just like, oh, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah this so. particular, the one I got, it was from one of our hunting shows, not Due mm-hmm. North, but um, talking about a particular episode. And it was an older one, but how it was narrated. And when you narrate your own projects, I'm my harshest critic. Mm-hmm. And I told him, like, you're spot on. I'm like, that was monotone as hell. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to do better there, but it's not as easy as you think. Your word choice was awful, but thank you for letting me know. (laughs) Exactly. I've done it nicer, but. Yeah, but it's the truth. And it's very difficult to write your own narration of a story and then go into this little booth and then have this energy that comes through when you're narrating a story that happened weeks or months ago and like being present in it. So there's an art to it. 
You're doing great. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, here we are picking each other up. Yeah, but go, like Chad. Ron Shera, he's a master at it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got golden pipes and, oh, yeah. you know, he's gifted that way and he's been telling stories forever. So, you know, I look up to him and, and he's got, he could have a thousand stones thrown at him mm-hmm. and he'd still keep on going. So, yeah. that's awesome. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, as I said, we lured Jenny under false pretenses. We said we were going to talk about getting family into yeah. the outdoors. All of our computers are closed. Yeah. You can I see we don't have any Jenny. questions that we have <laughs> no, pre-scripted. Are we um, yeah. Okay, Jenny, do you yeah. want to talk about outdoor camping and bringing families in the outdoors, or do you want to keep talking uh, business and social media? And we can talk camping. I feel like people yeah. are here for the camping, right? They're here for it all. For it all. Okay. Don't they want to be entertained and inspired, okay. maybe. Okay. Yes. I don't know. Um, okay, so you... Brandon, why are you here today? <laughs> Because <laughs> it's be. my job. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay. tell us a little bit about your experience with winter camping. Even like first time. What was the first time that you slept on, on a lake? Ice. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, winter camping is like ice fishing while I'm camping, mm-hmm. and um, we literally got this beat up camper from Craigslist that was converted into a fish house. That was our first this time. Little, the hot L- dish? Little hot dish. Yeah. It's like this teal and white. The what pick. No? Little hot dish. <laughs> so it's she didn't the I need more information. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it's like a little fish house. We'll show you a picture. It looks like a retro camper and it has like five holes in it okay. with, uh, with all sorts of ice fishing things in so there. So you gave it the name Little Hot Dish? I did, yeah. Okay. I was like, I need a Minnesota name, and it's cute, so Little Hot Dish. It was either like the toaster or the Little Hot Dish, and well, it's like a hot, yeah. hot dish for sure. THD tater tot hot dish? Yeah, so yep. you crank it down on the ice, and it's cozy. There's a heater, and um, it gets hot in there, you know? And it was our first time fishing and camping for the first time, and we realized very quickly, like, this is the way to go because, oh, is that a picture? Yep. Yeah. Natalie, show me a video here. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that you got it at the beginning. Yes. That's a video of our... Oh, yeah. There it is. Okay. So it's like teal, white, pink. Um, so did you paint it then? We did paint it. I was going to say, that doesn't look like a Craig... Anything you'd there find on Craigslist. That looks like a homemade... Yeah. I mean, nice. I, w- I want to so show you before. So it's white on the top half with a pink stripe mm-hmm. and then... Teal. Uh, teal color on the bottom half. Yes. It looks like a canned ham classic, you know, yep. like back in the yesteryears of camping. Um, except now we use it on the ice because it's it's... Uh, fitted for that. So it's got the crank downs, drops down onto the ice. It's got the heater and there's two beds in there so we can sleep comfortably. Um, I mean, my husband's 6'4 and that camper is like six feet wide so he does not sleep comfortably in that one. <laughs> uh, but we've done it with diagonal. the kids. Diagonal. Yes, yeah. it's totally diagonal with a uh, bait bucket at one corner oh, and his, foot is, his feet are on the bait bucket. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's transform the way we fish because you can fish through the overnight hours, yeah. right? And that's when the night bite is on Mille Lacs. So, I mean, the night bite is the best on Mille Lacs, I mean. And we love that so much. We decided to do like winter camping, true winter camping for the first time, which is like up in the boundary waters with the hot tent. And you like have to cut up all your wood, chop it up. And to stay warm, you have to heat up this little stove that has uh, a chimney out of your tent and you cook on it and everything. So literally we spent most of the time chopping wood (laughs) and did some hand auger ice fishing, you know, Um, and that was great. It was right in April of 2020, I think, or March of 2020. So like right when we came out, the world had shut down and then I wrote that book. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so 
Paint us a picture again for this this tent they used in the Boundary Waters. If people are unfamiliar, like what kind of tent actually is it? It's How, like a like, canvas tent. Okay. Yeah. And picture like the thing. So it's like a four season tent? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could use it in the summer. It would be really hot because it does contain the heat pretty well. Um, and then there's like a hole on the roof. And then you put a stove pipe thing through it. And there, there's like a big cast iron stove that connects to it and you fill it up with a little bit of wood and you stay warm through the night by reheating it. Uh, you have to have, um, like all your winter clothes on while you're sleeping. You have to have some like waterproof type stuff to keep it from getting wet on the ground. Um, but yeah, you have it all on a little sled and you bring it out onto whatever lake we went to like Seagull, I think where we, where we were in the summer Mm -hmm. and, um, camped on there. I mean, all you have to do in the winter time camping is stay warm. That's like your main goal. So chopping wood, catching fish, so you have something to eat, and uh, hanging out in the tent and and hanging out by the campfire outside. So for people that have spent time in the Boundary Waters or similar types of places and, you know, spring, summer, fall, how different is it? What is it like in the winter? I mean, you don't have a canoe, so if you like skiing and the conditions are right, you're going to love it because, you know, skis get you around pretty quickly. So my husband had skis. However, the snow was very thick, so it was kind of tough for him to ski. On some parts, it was fine. We had snowshoes to help us get in, so just imagine, you know, doing the portages and the canoeing, but by feet mostly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And it's, it's not for... Not for kids, I would say. And we've thought about it. Like, would we want to take our kids on this kind of trip? But I just don't think our kids are at that point yet. They're three in one. So it would be a lot of just carrying them the whole time. And maybe if we really wanted to show them the experience of that kind of winter camping, we wouldn't go in so far. Mm -hmm. We would just do it like at a state park or something, right? Um, But now we have a fish house, you know, like... A, a modern day fish house and thankfully moving on up. yes <laughs> definitely moving on up it's not the retro canned ham thing anymore it's did like, you make it your own though did you custom oh, paint it you know is it, it the you one know. have i been in this one you have been one in this one yeah. all right i need another picture we gotta pull it up Natalie. yeah keep yeah. going yeah so uh i got it from camping world they're one of my um my brands that i work with and we worked with a custom um what's it called the Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, uh, I've seen this. What does that call when the, why can't I think of the word when not painting it, but when they put the, like the decal on it, it's called wrapping. Wrapping, yeah. wrapping. studio yeah. wraps. Yeah. Studio wraps up in Brainerd made it kind of like my old camper, except a more modern touch to it. So it's like teal and sort of a facade wood bottom and it's bigger. It's got one, two, three, four, four beds in it. So nice. is that all, do you have all any of us pictures could go. Of the inside in here. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there. Yeah, that's a little picture. That's, but yeah. I, it looks and, like um, my it looks like my ice castle. I mean, it's yeah. a very modern fish house. I but mean, do the, you do like charcuterie boards and twinkle lights? My wife does. <laughs> yeah. I do have um, yeah. I have uh, a plant in the fish house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. that's, that's nice. great for air quality. Yeah, it's not real, unfortunately. Oh, oh okay. we might have well. to bring one up, but it gets cold <laughs> in there when I'm not there, so I don't want to kill it. Mm-hmm. It's a fake plant, but it adds some greenery. That's awesome. Yeah, That's something. And yeah. I feel like when people think of ice fishing, right, they don't think of that kind of ice fishing scenario. It's like sitting on a bucket and um, and trying to catch fish in the cold. But 
like when my friends who have never ice fished before, they come out and like we have our kids there and we're, we all bring our kids together. The heater's on. It's like 75 degrees in there. We have some light jazz playing in the mm-hmm. background and the candle is lit and smells beautiful. And we have a charcuterie board with like lots of snacks for the kids waiting. There's a movie playing in the background. And I greet my guests with wine and <laughs> their favorite cocktails <laughs> as they come in and it's a grand old time. We have the, you see why we're friends the, now. Yes, yes. It's, it's good to be able to have both though. Like you can yeah. do like the rugged stuff. Yeah. And just love it and embrace it and lean into it. And then you can also. Going back to my you know, grandpa again, when I grew up fishing, you know, the, my first experiences were walking out, a lot of slush, very cold, mm-hmm. sitting on a bucket. Um, but then when we did sit inside a fish house, they had, it was called a Mankato. Um, and basically it folded together. It was like a four by four suitcase. It folded together. And then it was a canvas similar to the tent you're talking about. Then it had these poles like a tent and you just clip them on and you're sitting in this box. And then obviously the heat set up is, you know, whatever sunflower heater, Mm -hmm. you know, off a propane tank, but just like. If we made any creak or movement, my grandpa would be like, stop moving, you're scared all fish. You know, like I just distinctly remember sitting on one five-gallon bucket and I had one hole to look at and I couldn't move. And my cousin was sitting next to me almost back to back, staring mm-hmm. down his hole. And if we like joked around and moved or anything, my grandpa would be like, you're scaring all the fish. You know? <laughs> I and can now see it's like, you know, you walk into the fish houses and the TV's on and. Yeah. Generators are blasting outside. Flowers are buzzing. Yeah. 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 It's such a different experience. Part of me wants to go back and take my kids. And I do. We go outside once in a while. But just to show them, like, how how it once was, yeah. you know, and how amazing it is today, the uh, amenities that we have on the ice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we take – we just came back from Mille Lacs this past weekend, and we took our – you know, our portable out and had like a little yoga mat for the kids to put their chairs on. And it's still like slushy and that, you know, we didn't have a, we had like a buddy heater. And the yoga we, mat's brilliant. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah. that's, yeah. Keeps it dry, keeps them from slipping as well. So yeah. So in the ice house. Yeah. I've never thought, because that's what we do if we're jumping in the lake, which we're going to oh, do, yeah. but that's great in the ice house. Have yeah. you ever jumped yeah. in the lake like she does? No, but I'm, I want to. We're going to. to this winter. We yeah. are. Yeah. And and I'm gonna like start training myself in the shower, like cold water for mm-hmm. like a minute at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm ready for it. Yeah, you'll be ready. Yes. Uh, fishing report on Alex. Oh gosh, it it's been slow, and I I know it was slow for everyone because all I could hear around us were swearing. Like everyone's just cussing <laughs> up a storm because they're not happy, obviously with a very slow catch. But there were tons of fish houses and um, portables around us, and. I think you just need to get away from the crowd if you want to catch anything. And you have to fish the nighttime on the lax. And all of us were there during the day packing yeah. up. And that's because we can't camp with the kids in the portable right now. But starting very soon here, we'll be camping with the actual fish house. So Mille Lacs is obviously one of the most popular destinations. I think people listening don't need to know, don't need us to tell them that. Um, but what they do want to know is how much ice did you have? How slushy was it? Could yes. you get where you wanted to go? Yes. So we fished out of Isle Bay. It was about 16 inches where we were. That's crazy. It is crazy. Is that, Whoa. That's post-storm that came through, right? Yes. Yep. Post-storm. 16 inches of ice. Was that in the bay or on the main lake? On the bay. Yep. First okay. bay. So there's like a first bay and then there's like a second 
sort of a bay yep. and they're definitely not as thick so i would not bring my fish house out that far so if you're staying in the first bay then cool i think it's safe there are tons of other trucks and ice castles out there um and we i mean we went the weekend before this past weekend so a couple weekends ago and it was like we had, we caught like four walleye and 20 perch so it was like it was fun Jumbos or regular regular yeah. i mean anything from like a couple inches to like maybe like five inches not not huge at all but still fun for the kids, yep. right? So it's something that we could show the kids how to do, and they were enjoying it. Um, but hopefully, once you know things freeze up a little bit more, we can do the night bite. I keep saying night bite because I'm really excited about it. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the rattle reels going the off rattle at night. Reels, it always makes my heart drop. Mm-hmm. It's yes. like the best alarm sound ever. Yeah. Do your some, kids wake up to it yet? They okay. So we tighten our rattle reels real tight because we don't want the kids to wake up unless it's like a huge fish. You know? <laughs> uh huh. So if that, oh Jenny, sometimes the biggest fish, they they sense it and then they drop it. If oh, it's too tight. I know, I know you're right, but is it worth the kids waking up for? I don't know. A hundred percent. Go big or go home. If it's a guarantee, yes. you're awake. If not, you don't want to mess with that. That's true. I get it. Yep, yep, yep. And you know, if if the kids don't sleep, like none of us are going to get any sleep in that little fish house. So, um, I'm curious. It's shifting gears a little bit, but talking again about like getting kids into all this. We talk about, you know, the success stories of when kids, you know, do latch on to these hobbies, but do you ever get any like pushback, especially I would imagine in the winter, like kids not wanting to be out there, wanting yeah. to go inside. And if so, how do you, what do you do? I mean, we, we bring everything that we possibly mm-hmm. can in our arsenal of like toys. So, I mean, we make sure we have the trucks for my son, the, you know, the tablets for both kids, mm-hmm. the, um, and, and I know like parents look down upon the tablet, but Hey, like when you gotta do it and you need time to like set set up the fish house and get the heater going and augering and doing all these things where the kids need to be occupied for a second, give them the tablet. Like it's Especially fine. At, at that age. I mean, they're, they're pretty young. You're yeah. going to find out that, within the next couple of years that they're going to want to be a part of that and mm-hmm. they will be helpful too. Yeah. I mean, like my when boys now start? are, yeah. when we, as soon as Helping. they could walk, basically, I mean, they've been hunting since they were three coming out in the blind and they were short trips and we've talked about it on the show before, but like the first hunting trip with my oldest at the time he was three and we went out turkey hunting and we snuck into the blind in the dark and the turkeys were gobbling and he was ready to leave before they even came out of the tree mm-hmm. it's like and we left before they came out of the tree out of the roost and it was short and sweet but he heard gobbles in the woods and that's a big deal and then the next trip was a little longer and a little longer and the fishing was the exact same way i mean you just start early and you do just i mean baby steps really and mm-hmm. you, you just try to assess the situation as it's playing out but like yeah what you're saying as far as keeping them occupied for a little bit we've never been at a point where it's so easy to keep our children entertained out there it's not miserable for the most part i mean the some of the the times that i remember growing up that were really miserable like yeah i mean some of my cousins for whatever reason i was obsessed with it one of my cousins was and the others didn't like to be cold they wanted to go in they didn't want wet feet or whatever it might be but every kid is going to kind of choose their own path in it. And so as a parent or a mentor out there, I think you kind of assess the situation as it's happening. You can't ever predict what will happen out there. Maybe it's a huge fish and all of a sudden they've got it on the end of their line. I mean, you just kind of, you go with it, but I don't, I don't want to make that experience about just me. No, I need to stay because it's mm-hmm. the twilight and here comes the sunset yeah. bite, you know? And it's right. like, you read it and you say, 
especially early on, because your first couple experiences really live with them, uh, depending on how old they are. And if they're great, I, I mean, I tell this to parents all the time. They just catch a big fish. They're on a high. Go home. Yeah. Leave right there. Because yeah. you leave them wanting more. You leave on a high note. You don't leave on a, I just stepped in the hole and now my yeah. foot is frozen. Yes. How many times have your kids stepped yeah. in the hole? And one like, too many times. Way that, too many oh, times. Backup boots in the truck yes. always. Yeah. I know. Okay, guys, there's the hole. Don't step in it. <laughs> it's like they all just yeah. have to stick their foot in it. They turn away for a half a second and they're in the hole. Like, yeah. oh, I, I yeah. just told you that's the I hole. Know. Thank goodness yeah. for safety covers. Those yeah. are handy. But totally. yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree where you need to kind of set your expectations. You know, you can't expect to be out there all day. Be okay with the fact that you might have to turn around in an hour or even less. And, you know, fish at a lake that's closer to home if you have to so that you can go to the potty or just have access to home if you need to go. And then, you know, bring all the things that would entertain them outside of fishing. But you're outside. So like the world is kind of your playground. So bring a sled, bring skis, Mm. whatever outdoor thing that they're into right now. Um, I know like I've seen, um, what is that game where you like shuffleboard that Mm -hmm. you have, like you see at bars, they have that for the ice now. So you can like, like where you push, there's yeah, like you have a stick. Not a stick though. It's just like a thing you throw, uh, like a puck that you throw. It's like, it's like, it looks like curling, but it's more of like a shuffleboard style one. And yeah, you like try to make it into this target. So there's like all these ice games that you can do with kids now. I think the biggest thing too is like your, your kids are really young. You know, mine, I've seen a slow progression yeah. Like what they're doing right now, it's a short season. You're right. You're you know, right. like mm-hmm. you're building this and over time it's going to pretty soon. You mentioned going to a lake that maybe you didn't want to fish, but it's closer and it's mm-hmm. more convenient. Okay. In two years, three years, five years, you're going to be going to Lake of the Woods together right. because right. they're going to be so into it. So you're just building this foundation that they can continue to grow. And it's not going to be like that forever. That's so true. Yeah. You know, when I talk about this stuff, I am talking based on my experience with my like very, very small kids and like babies. But I look forward to the day when my kids are like the ones that are augering and the ones that are carrying the bait bucket yeah. and doing all the things with me or doing it for me, maybe, you know. So. And I would say, my wife would agree with this. So there was a time where my oldest, I didn't think he wanted to hunt or fish. And I was like heartbroken. <laughs> Heart, you could tell, mm-hmm. you could ask her. She would be like, oh yeah, Travis is not doing well there. Because like all I wanted was to go hunting and fishing with my boy. And there was this, he wanted to do everything else but that. Now it's come back around. And even though the experiences might not have at the time to me felt like he was taking it in because he wanted to play with tractors. He wanted to go do something else instead of, here, buddy, if there's a fish down there, you want to catch it? And he would go do something else outside. Like, he doesn't He doesn't even care about the <laughs> fish, you know? Like, now, last winter, he's out there with the graph in hand and a rod, hole hopping, going oh. out, you know, a seven-year-old kid out there fishing outside with the old guys wow. and catching his own fish. I don't have to bait his hook. I don't have to take the fish. Yeah. I don't do anything. And he's hunting everything, like... I just, I look at where I was and now where it is, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't seem like your kid might be interested in it, give it a year. Yeah. Keep, keep at it, but make it fun because I can speak to it from my own experience. 
It can look like it's not happening, and then it can come way back around to being the most awesome thing, mm-hmm. better than you ever imagined. Well, and talking about expectations, and so I'm not a parent, but I, you know, I've got a close family and everything. But I think it's also probably good for people to recognize that you can introduce your kids into the outdoors and do everything right, and you know, have them have a great experience. And they might not be somebody that's going to want to grow up and spend a lot of time, you know, hunting and fishing, doing things in the outdoors. And I think it's okay for parents to have that, you know, to accept that that they might not have the same whatever hobby it is that you do. But at the same time, I think, you know, we live such comfortable lives these days. And I think that even those experiences of getting the kids outside, feeling what it's like to be cold on a lake in the winter and and seeing, you know, dad hunting and stuff like that's going to lay good groundwork for them either, you know, no matter what. So they don't end up being big time outdoorsmen or outdoors women. Still done something good for him. Yeah. Another piece of advice, because I've been open for years talking about my experiences with families. I've had other parents also reach out saying, love what you're doing. Love you're taking your kids out there. Enjoy every second of it because there could come a day when you've trained them up and now they want to go with their friends and they don't want to go with you. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh no, I'm definitely going to be who they want to go hunting yeah, and fishing yeah. with. If not, it's never going to happen where they're not going to call me to, to go. Oh man. But it could. Yeah, they're going to want their own gear. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So they just remind you to cherish those experiences out there. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Jenny, any um, bucket list fish? Fish. Start Trips. over. You can start any- over. <laughs> Jenny, any bucket list trips that you have either coming up, either trips that you're excited about this winter or, Brandon, you know, don't coming. edit that out, by the way. <laughs> Leave that in there so that she... Got it. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I'm imperfect. Makes me feel better Imperfect and proud. <laughs> yep. you're, you're relatable. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, this season, it's going to be a lot of, again, my parents are building a cabin on Mille Lacs, so we're pretty excited about Mille Lacs. And then Lake Minnetonka is sort of our other place just because it's so close and the crappie bite can be a lot of fun. And then um, as far as like bucket list, like someday I really want to do this, ice fishing in South Korea is a dream of mine. Would love that. And I mean, on a, on a mm-hmm. nice, or on a, yeah, Leschen. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. she always talks about that. She says it's like a, a really big thing out there. And I didn't know that. And I was born in Korea. So would love to go back there just to experience the kind of fishing there. Do you know what kind of fish they have? I don't I don't know. I'm so intrigued I, I right now. Like I've got a whole bunch of yeah. questions. There's a whole other podcast here. I want to know about I have this. No you idea. have to go and then when you come back, we're yes. gonna talk again. I have yeah. seen some footage of someone ice fishing there, like on a river river, I think. It must connect to a bigger lake. But like um they were smelt fishing and mm. literally they'll like catch it and then they'll eat it like raw. Oh like yeah. they'll bring it up, put it on the ice, and they have this like super hot sauce. Not like it's like a sweet hot sauce, and you dip it you live. You're this right now, Brandon. And then, I am. And then you just <laughs> eat it. You you bite it, and wow. apparently it's delicious. And my parents have talked about eating fish like that. And so they don't do they like fillet them and eat them, or no, they just literally just, just poppers. Pop it in. Yeah, I don't know. Sushi, sort of. Smelt sushi. Yum. I mean, when in Rome, you got to go there. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah, Report back. I'm sure it's fine if they're eating it, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're still here to talk about it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I really hope that you do that. I hope so too. Get over there. Yeah. And the other one is just flying fishing in Canada. Like anywhere, yeah. you know, would be awesome. Well, where can people find your book? Uh, 123icefishing.com or on, on Amazon. Um, if you go on 123icefishing.com, I'll do a promo code called Do North. 
and you'll get 15% off. Right on. Love it. And your other, we talked about them earlier, but your other social channels one Uh, more time. uh, So Girl of 10,000 Lakes on YouTube, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, all the things. Nice. Is there a new thing that's going to come out next? You know, like the social media world. Probably. Yeah. Is there anything on the horizon that you two are privy to? No. I'm not even on TikTok. But the (laughs) other day at church, this girl was like, can you please take a picture of me and my friends? And I was like, okay. And I like did it. And it was, she like, that real, was it real, real me? Or something like that. No, where where like you take a picture and it takes a picture of you and what you're taking a picture of. So she like forced me to take a picture of myself taking a picture of them, oh. and it's like a thing. And it posts to like their little real me social. Real me. I, I think that's what I think that's what it's called. I have to look it up. But so that's a thing apparently. And yeah, so they have a picture of a very unflattering picture of me taking. <laughs> I'm sure it's beautiful. Ah, <laughs> uh, the world oh. is moving. Yes. But yeah, wow. thank you. Yeah, that's, thank that's you. me. Cool. It's been Thanks great. for making time to come in today. We appreciate it. Oh, Keep anytime. on inspiring. You too. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, seriously, you are doing great work. Top of the line. Inspiring a lot of people. All right, let's go we fishing. We appreciate it. Yep. Let's do it. All right, catch you uh, next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And a happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> You can cut that part out. There's no way I'm cutting that part out.